The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Do you know what's great about the NFL? It never stops. Never. And neither does the Pick 6 NFL podcast here at CBS Sports. In fact, right now is the perfect time for off-season rankings. And so on Wednesday and Thursday of this week, Brady Quinn joins Pete Prisco to break down Pete Prisco's top 100 NFL players, which includes a surprise at the top. So check it out. Download the two-part pod with Brady and Pete anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. He's back in the content shed. It sounds like you just got some water delivered to you. Yeah, I got a uh, I got a, a note from my kids. It says I love you, and there's all kinds of stuff taped on it. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be home, man. I'm tired. Um, I feel like I could have just slept all day. It's it's. It's a, you know, nobody wants to hear about like me complaining about traveling to Pebble for a week, but it it is, <laughs> it it's draining. And by the end of it, you're like, okay, like I'm, when's, when's the next one? It, it's weird. I, I, we played golf yesterday. I played with Sean Martin and some other guys and I was like, man, I, I think I might not see you guys again until Augusta next year because there's not be and this is sort of like the collateral damage of the PGA being in May is you have this really I mean obviously we have the open championship here in a month but there's this really long like extended time between the last major of 20 of one year and then the first of the next so uh, kind of a kind of a I mean I love it I think the schedule is awesome but it's it makes for a different travel schedule for a lot of us for the players do you think that the adjustment, like what what are we going to see from the players in terms of the adjustments uh, later in the season? You mean in terms of like the FedEx Cup and stuff? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that, I think one thing is like you're, you're seeing it, like this time between majors because it's so condensed, it's so short. You're just seeing some of these tournaments just have it's it feels like worse fields than normal. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's actually true. I mean, you you have you have certain events that everybody goes to between the majors, like uh, like Memorial. So like everybody is there. Like if if you're gonna play between the U.S. or the uh, PJ Championship and the U.S. Open, you're probably gonna do it at Memorial. Um, but I as for like the way it plays out at the end of the season. I don't know that it'll be that much different. I think guys will just continue to play all the playoff events. I think St. Jude's is going to be interesting, the WGC event. Yeah, like on one hand, it's a WGC and all the advantages that come with that. But on the other hand, it's it's kind of in a it's in a tight spot on the schedule. And like I was wondering if cuz and we're going to be getting into the Travelers Championship here in a little bit. I mean, Travelers Championship has got a pretty good like pretty good field, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, it's really good. I, I see it feels to me actually the opposite where I think that every time I'm turning around, I'm expecting it to be a, a ho-hum tournament. And just because everything's so condensed, it's like, no, I mean, well, if you're going to play, you got to you got to get it in here or I don't know what the motive, the motivations are going to be all over the place, but we've been doing this podcast together for what? Three years. Yeah. Has it been that long? I think so. I've got two or three. Yeah. We were, I I know that we were, uh, we were definitely podcasting, uh, in the spring of 17 for sure at a minimum. And maybe even the, the year before that, because I just remember there being some tournaments where you're like, yeah, like, I mean, Spieth is there, but it's kind of a drop off after that. And maybe some of that's <laughs> also just like our current view of the world of golf, but it has anecdotally felt like we are getting, uh, you can't go two weeks without having a tournament that's going to have a pretty impressive field. Yeah, I, it, it does. It, it has felt more this year like guys are playing the week before or after majors. I do agree with that. And then you'll like some of the guys like I bet Kepka I I don't no no I think he's playing like Detroit or something, but he he'll sometimes do this thing where he'll play the week after a major and then just like peace out for the next until the next major, and so I I don't know like more than I remember guys are playing before or after, like Rory playing uh, Canada last week or two weeks ago. That's happening more than I remember. But then it feels like the events like at the like like kind of at the heart between the majors you you haven't gotten like i'm thinking like your wells fargo type events you haven't gotten as good a field for that's true yeah 100 percent. um all right time for our stat, stat of the day what's our stat of the day kyle yeah i just tweeted this out so i was looking at so obviously everybody knows the run that kept is on i mean it's we've, that's all we've talked about it's it, it it's it's being underrated i heard somebody talking about this last night it's historically like sort of unprecedented, not unprecedented, but his historically, like, I don't know that we're properly contextualizing it. Sure. It's, it's unbelievable. And so I looked up last four majors. There's been, well, first of all, do you want to guess how many guys have made the cut at the last four majors? So you got PGA last year, masters, PGA and us open this year. I'm going to say it's five. 21. Oh, okay. Um, so, but only, let's see, only 13 of them have been under par. So you're, you're kind of like center line is Terrell Hatton's played those four majors in one over. He's made all the cuts, but he's played them in one over. Uh, we're going cumulative score to par across the last four majors. Yep. Cool. Yep. Spieth is nine under, Fowler's 10, uh, Rory's 11. And then you start getting into like Francesco Molinari, who won one of them, is 16. You're like, okay, that's, that's pretty good, you know. Uh, Webb is 16. And then you get into your top five. So your top five is uh, Cantlay and Xander at 20 under. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and we like we we understand that, right? Like Xander's been what second or four top like four four top sixes in his last six major starts. There you go. What is Cantlay? What? Hold on. He's been. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's been T. So this year he's T9, T3, T21. And then last year at the PGA, he was T27. So four top 30s. That's pretty good. Um, and then you've got DJ at 23 under. So, so both those guys are at 20. DJ's at 23. So you start, you start kind of climbing up the ladder a little bit. 
Adam Scott is third. He's 24, so he's one better than DJ. Gary Woodland is second. He's 25 under, so he's one better than Adam Scott, two better than DJ. So Gary Woodland's 25 under in the last four majors. He's se- he's in second place. Brooks Kepka in the last four majors is 46 under. 46? That so is- he's 21. He's 20. He- <laughs> second place is 25. He's almost double that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's 21 better than second over the last. I mean, this is guys like, again, who have made the cut at all four, which it hasn't really been like the cuts have been pretty big. You remember the master's cut was huge. PGA cuts are not. Beth Page was a little tough. Bell Reeve was not a super difficult cut. Dude, um, US Open got was 79. Do, do what? I think US Open was 79. Yeah, they've been big cuts. And so it's not like. It hasn't been that hard to make. You know, you you see mo- what I'm saying is you see most of your big names. Tiger didn't make the cut at the PGA, so he's not in here. Phil missed one. Leishman missed one. Um, Finau missed the U.S. Open. Anyway, uh, all that to say, Brooks Koepka, 21 strokes better than the second best guy over the last four majors. That is, that's insane. It's also insane that Gary Woodland's second. I wouldn't have thought that. It is not crazy to... It's not crazy to think that we're having trouble contextualizing this or giving it its proper place in history because we're living it. Yeah, for sure. For I mean, sure. that's I mean, that's honestly like like your job, my job. I mean, that's that's part of what we're being counted on, not only to report and share and discuss and analyze and predict, but also to try and be able to establish some of that perspective um, with whatever knowledge that we have. And I I I mean, I think that you're obviously doing a good job with it. My my hesitation with the Kepka run uh, is that I I don't think it's over. Like I I just think there's more there's there's more if there's more major wins. I think there's a lot more definitely major contention. And to to try and imagine what it could be is too many leaps. Where I'm like I don't know, man. Like our our next data points coming up pretty soon. I mean, you mentioned we've got a long layoff till the Masters, and goodness gracious, like the hype for Brooks at the Masters next year is going to be ridiculous. But like yeah. I, I just I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like I, like it it is this one thing that is incredible that is like one of the great runs. But I I think that I've got to see how the story or the run ends before uh, I'm gonna feel confident putting it in perspective. The Golden State Warriors, do you believe that the run is over? At uh, the run as we know it, do you think it's over? Yes. So like. It has ended, and now we're going to start to like have some perspective on where it stands and what it means. But the the Miami Heat run had to end. The Spurs run had to end. The Kepka run, we are still in the middle of, and I think it has to end before we understand what it means. Well, I think also when you start talking about guys being in, in like the Tiger stratosphere, you, you, like with Tiger – we saw this coming, right? Like we saw like the three USAMs. We saw the Masters in '90. So like there was a very like linear trajectory. And so when you're in it, you're like you you feel very confident about saying, look, this time this guy is all time, like maybe the best of all time, an all time great. Like you 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 felt fine about saying that. There was no hesitation whatsoever about about sort of putting that out there. And with Kepka, because he's it's this is not true but i'm going to say the phrase anyway because he's come out of nowhere we're like uh, i don't, okay like i what is this is it is it linear like does it just keep going into the future forever does it get better 
or is this just like we've talked about a heater and then it drops off dramatically so i i think i think that because of the way it's sort of unfolded it makes it more difficult to, to contextualize than maybe it would with somebody else taking a look at the travelers championship with our pick to win and of course our perfect finish right after this it's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And now it's time for the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. We're talking about the Travelers Championship. We're up in Connecticut. Kyle Porter, senior golf writer, what's our perfect finish? Well, I think you know where I'm going with yes, this, Chip. Yes. I, I just want to know if they're both going to be in the final pairing for your perfect finish. Yeah, it's going to be a Daniel Berger, Jordan Spieth-like <laughs> playoff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. we got in, what year was that, 17? Yeah. And Spieth, and Spieth holds out from the bunker. Uh, but this year, it's going to happen between Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland. They're both going to be 17 under, 10 clear of the field. And uh, they're going to be in a playoff. And uh, Matthew Wolf is going to hold out from the bunker to, to beat Victor Hovland. They're going to hug. Pistol Pete might be there. He might just shoot his guns on the 18th green. Uh, just scare everybody. Just firing into the sky. Um, it's going to be awesome. The the takeover is 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 happening this week. It it has begun. The Oklahoma, the Blaze Orange takeover is here. Yeah, 
Are they both going to be wearing school colors? Well, I was just about to ask you. I haven't seen. I think that. Um, so I saw Hovland in a ping hat on some social video. Uh, Wolf is tailor made, but I don't know what they're wearing. Like, I don't know who they're like, who, what they're. I, I think Wolf is going to be Nike. And I think Hovland is going to be, uh, what's the brand that um, Matt, Matt Wallace wears? I think it's Jay Lindenberg. Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it, it's 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 a European thing, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know if that means like they do the, if they get the Fowler treatment on Sunday. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. But man, I'm excited. I'm excited about both of them, Justin Suh, Colin Morikawa, all playing in this tournament for the best AMs. Maybe the four best AMs of the last few years. And, uh, you know, more Colin has already played. He finished, I think, top 20 at Canadian Open. So was uh, in the field at Memorial, I believe. I think he missed the cut. But, um, yeah, I'm pumped about them um, being in the field. And, yeah, my perfect finish of them being in a playoff on Sunday afternoon. And that has been your perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. It's the Pilsner that you want after a round with your friends. It's got the perfect finish, Amstel Light. Okay, so for the listeners that may not know, and maybe also for your co-host who would just like to be filled in and have the discussion, um, what what is the challenge for these mid-season amateurs go pro what do they need to do in order to be able to ensure their full-time status as a professional? Uh, you mean to get their card for, for uh, next year? Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking up. I don't, I, uh, yeah, Justin uh, missed the cut at Memorial. I didn't want to shortchange him there. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing, and I'm not totally sure that I get it. So what happens with these amateurs, and, and this will be true of um, – of all these guys because they're they're already pretty famous and people know who they are and so each tournament gets uh, a, a set number of sponsor exemptions and you could they can invite me and you I, that would be really dumb of them to do that but we could go actually i don't know if they could do that um but they can invite pj tour professionals or just professional golfers to come and play in events this is how tony romo got into um the byron nelson Right. Sponsor exemption. It's how Steph and Curry so, it's how Steph Curry gets on web.com events and the like. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh Corn Ferry Tour. Not no longer web.com tour. Did you see this? I did not. They changed their name today. It's the Corn Ferry. So a company called Corn Ferry Consulting. In and Iowa. Corn is, and corn is spelled uh K O R N. Oh. So it's the KFC tour. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> you should have heard the things that were being said at dinners during the U.S. Open about the KFC tour. It was it, it was incredible. Did, it, it's it's like peak golf content. It's it's unbelievable. When you said Corn Ferry, I now am realizing that it's like a consulting firm. I'm guessing or still business solutions, and I would imagine a company based in Iowa. Corn spelled with a C. And fairy just meaning that they've been the Iowa the the corn kings of the Midwest for like the last five years. <laughs> it's it's corn fairy uh, organizational consulting. They actually are a firm that sometimes gets hired on like coaching searches. Oh, okay. Uh, which is your just you know wheelhouse? 
Um, so yeah, it's the, it's the KFC chair. I said on Monday that, or Tuesday that I think the money winner at the end of the year should be called the Colonel. <laughs> and I, I also said, I did mean, you get booed just, out of the group text? Huh? Did you get booed out of the room? No, it, it, somebody said, or I said, uh, the end of the year. So you have the playoff at the end of the year. You have it on, on the well, formerly web.com tour, but you just it, similar to what you have on the PGA tour. I said the end of the year, uh, competition should be called the KFC bowl. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, somebody on Twitter said, I think Tron said that the, the, uh, top 25, which top 25 earned their PGA tour card for the next year. It should be called the, the bucket. Uh, so this, this is, this will never end. It will, it will go on forever and ever and ever. Okay. But for Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland and our amateurs here, as they begin their travelers championship pursuit of their card for next year, my, my only understanding is there's some amount of winning that needs to be done. Right. And, and I believe it's totaled in earnings money, but I'm not positive about that. Yeah. So what happens is, and I, I, I'll have to look up and get the exact numbers right, but you get up to seven sponsor exemptions. So Matthew Wolf's going to play probably in all, like tournaments will invite him to all seven of them and he can pick and choose and whatever. And during those seven events, you have to earn, I think it's like equivalent FedEx cup points because you're not a PGA Tour member. So you have to earn equivalent FedEx Cup points to, I think, the the guy that finished like 150th last year. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that. Right. I think it's 150. And then after that, if you do that, in the, or once you do that, you get a special temporary membership, I think is what it's called. And that means you get unlimited sponsor exemptions. So you can get in, so you can play all of the events that you get invited to. And to earn your card for the following year, I, I think you have to you have to get to the, um, I think this is right. You have to get to the equivalent FedEx cup points of whoever finished in the top 125 last season. So, so whoever finished 125th, I don't remember who it was. It was, uh, Scott Stallings or somebody like that. You have to earn the amount of FedEx cup points that they earned last year in this season. And once you get there, I think you get your card for 2020. When we see some of these college stars make these midseason jumps, do they like? Is it the expectation for average golfer that you would be able to hit these numbers, or is it the expectation for Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, some of these guys that have been the top amateurs in the world for a, a little while, is then the expectation for them that they're going to be able to hit these numbers because they've been so great? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because you get so few starts at the beginning, right? Like seven, there's just so much pressure on performing well at one of them. And the hard thing for somebody like Hovland is he goes T12 at the U S open and you're like, Oh, well, that would have gone a long way, you right. know, in terms of like, but it didn't count for anything cause he was still an amateur. And so it does give you, I mean, if you finish and this is how speed kind of got onto the tour, if you finish you know, top 10 in a couple events, then you're like, you're pretty close. Mm, okay. You know? And so it, it, it gives you an opportunity, but it's, it's, it's tricky. It's, 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 it's it, and you don't want to play, like you want to play the right ones or it's, it, you don't want to go to like Memorial where you're like, Oh, oh my gosh, like this <laughs> field's unbelievable. 
but you don't want to go to, it, it's hard. It, it's, it's difficult to kind of figure it out, but you, there, there's certainly a kind of a sliver of, of an opportunity to do it. Cool stuff. All right. So travelers championship coming up this weekend. What are some of the storylines that you're following? Uh, well, obviously those guys, uh, and then the other storylines that I've got, um, Bubba, he's got, uh, he's got three wins here. He won last year. He, he, he only, we were joking about this. He only likes like four courses on the PGA tour and this is one of them. And he's just lights out here. Uh, Paul Casey is, uh, so Luke Donald is to, or Paul Casey is to the travelers as Luke Donald is to the RBC heritage where literally the best player in tournament history, but he's never won. Like best, like he has, uh, the best cumulative to par score in tournament history has always been in the top five, top 10, but no breakthroughs. Yeah. So his data golf has uh, historical strokes gained. There's one, there's two guys over 1.8 at this event. Bubba's at 2.1. Paul Casey's at 2.5. Mm. So he's, he's been almost, I mean, he's been just so much better than everybody else in this tournament's history, but he's never won. He finished T2 last year behind Bubba. Damn. So that's another one. And then, you know, the amateurs, um, it's a good field. Patrick Cantlay. Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood for the first time. Spieth, Jason Day, Kepka, uh, Justin Thomas, Bryson. Um, yeah, it's uh, Phil's in it. Finau? Uh, is he in it? I think he is, yeah. My, I, I had no idea about Finau at this, uh, at this course or it, with this event, but one – one of the things that one of my systems is to look at a player who missed the cut at yeah. a major and then come back with them as the pick to win at uh, the next event. Finau would certainly be that pick. My pick for this week, though, um, dropped it on uh, the Today's Top Pick series, Sportsline series yesterday, is I think Patrick Cantlay wins this one and might win it by like three strokes. That's who I picked, too. Really? Yeah, so he's definitely missing the cut. <laughs> yes. But doesn't it just seem like Cantlay's just in a like robotic, just burn things down kind of mode right now? You there? Yeah. Sorry, I got a I got a phone call on my headphone. So I was just all out of sorts. Things are moving quickly. Um, you mean just like uh, the seventh hole at Pebble Beach? Oh, yeah, things are moving very things quickly. Things are moving very things- quickly. <laughs> Things move quickly for me on Monday and Tuesday when I play golf. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like Cantlay here. He, uh, you know, he didn't have a great U.S. Open week. He started off kind of, it was kind of not great. He, I think he was three over on the first day, but he kind of improved as the week went on. I'm with you though. Maybe that's why Bubba always plays well here because he always misses the cut at the U.S. Open. And just, yeah, he's got a lot of time off, no mental stress. Yeah. He's just, he just comes in ready to roll. He's flying Bubba's Burgers, the airplane over over Pebble on the weekend, and he just fought, you know, heads on over to to Cromwell, Connecticut. <laughs> uh, who's your top ten sleeper? Uh, my well, my top ten lock is oh, yeah. uh, is is Paul Casey, obviously. Uh, only twenty two golfers have defeated him at this tournament in the last four years. Is that good? I think so. And then uh, my sleeper is Matthew Wolf because I can't help myself. I'm just. Yeah, I'm. I 
I'm all in. All right. Who finishes? Do you believe Matthew Wolf finishes ahead of Hovland on the leaderboard? Well, let's look at their. Uh, so Matthew Wolf's 80 to 1 to win, which is equivalent with like Lucas Glover and Bud Colley, uh, some of those guys. Victor Hovland is 60 to 1, which is interesting. That's equivalent to Ben On, uh, Daniel Berger, Kevin Streelman, Kevin Kisner. When, I mean, it's crazy, right? Like these guys are playing North Florida like 50 days ago, and now they're competing against Jordan Spieth and Brooks Koepka in PGA Tour events. I, I, I'm not surprised to see Hovland with better numbers, even if like the diehards might not see that much of a separation between him and Wolf. The basics just saw him be the low amateur at uh, the U.S. Open and the Masters in the last three months. Well, and there's a lot of talk. I, I talked to a bunch of people that, and, and every time it comes up, we're like, are we positive that Wolf's ceiling is higher than Hovland's? Is that the, because it, I mean, is, is that the general consensus? Yeah, that's, that's the way it gets talked about just because of his length and like, you know, he, he's just, and this is a really dumb way probably to go about, he just feels more like a superstar. Like you're around him. I've written about this. Like you're around him and he, he's sort of this electricity, you know, that, that you don't necessarily get with Hovland, but the more I look and, and he was better in college, like his scoring average was better and whatever, but the more I look at this, I'm like, is are we are we positive about this? Because Hovland's unbelievable. I mean, uh, just wins the USAM, low AM at the Masters, low AM at the US Open. App. I mean, uh, he, he's done everything, dude. He you know? looks so comfortable doing it too. I I do yeah. not have the Matthew Wolf experience that you do, and so let me like say from my uninformed seat over here in the Palatial Patterson Studios, I am certainly not willing to to commit to Wolf being better and that at this moment recency bias baked into my crust I am I am more team Hovland right now than I am team Matthew Wolf. Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy take. I really don't. Uh I th- yeah, I, it, it's going to be fascinating cuz they're always going to be compared to each other and uh I don't know. I'm really interested to see how it goes. Um uh, any any other do you have have you said Wait, so you said Paul Casey for top 10 lock, sleeper Matthew Wolf. Any other uh, just sort of general play? I mean, like, I mean, Brooks could miss this cut, and I don't think that I would blink. I think I'd be like, oh, well, okay. Enjoy uh, enjoy a little time off, my friend. See you later. It's too easy. It's yeah. too, the course is too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, right? Because it should translate, but it just it just doesn't. He How- goes T50. He has T50 at the at Canada, and you're like, oh, oh, is he hitting it well? And then he freaking leads the field and strokes gained it, or strokes gained on approach shots at, at Pebble during the U.S. Open. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's unfair, too, because, you know, uh, Brooks Kepka misses this cut, and you're like, oh, all right, well, no big deal. And, like, Spieth could win this event, and I'd be like, I still don't trust it. Yep. Don't, like Jordan Spieth could win this event. And I'd be like, mm, not yet. Not that was one ready thing. to commit to it. I was walking with Fred Egg Andy uh, on, I think it was Saturday. We were following Brooks and he was like, is there anybody you trust more over any shot, a putt, a drive, a long iron, a wedge than Brooks Kepka? Not right now. No. Right. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick anybody for any one of those other shots. No. 
you just feel like I want, but yeah, Brooks for all of them, all four. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's again, like just to bring this thing full circle and wrap it up, like it's insane how I, I, I to me, like, and this is the way I sort of judge this right or wrong. It, it is how much trust do I have in you when you're over the ball, when you're over a putt. And with Brooks, it's 100% of the trust. With Rory, it's like, I don't know, I'm like 70% there. I'm like 95% there at non-majors. But then at majors, I'm like, I kind of trust it. And with Spieth, I'm like, nope. I'm like 30% there, I think. But like, do, do you do that thing where you're like, how, how much you trust somebody over a, over a given shot? No, not specifically. I think that I, I, I tend to probably zoom out a little. Like I take the shot by shot and the the compartmentalize approach uh, a lot when it comes to analyzing, ranking, collecting data on golfers. But when for some of my broader uh, tr- trustworthiness, I probably determine trustworthiness more over the the flow of a round or the flow over a weekend or the flow over an event in terms of being able to sustain it. And maybe that's just from like, yeah, yeah. from, from just seeing a lot of great golfers who like, yeah, you can't trust them, but they can figure it out. Or like they give you a lot of variance in their performance and Brooks Kepka, you just don't have much, var- especially with the kind of, you know, major championship form that you're talking about here. There's just not a lot of variance. There is a, there's a hell of a lot of variance to Xander Shoffley's game, but I'm like, I don't know. It's pretty good. Can't really argue yeah. with it. So I can't. I don't trust Xander Shoffley, except I trust him to finish near the top of the leaderboard. I trust Brooks Kepka over a shot and over a putt more than about anyone else. And like you're gonna have to get me to stretch my brain to find just like an elite wedge player for me to maybe uh, take that out and replace Brooks Kepka with that. But it doesn't happen often because Brooks Kepka hit so many damn greens on his second shots that happened to be with wedges because he hit it 320 <laughs> yards. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. No, I, I agree. I agree. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.